Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles, Exodus chapter 25 and verse 40, reading from the New Living Translation of Scripture, you'll find these words. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. This is part three of the breaking, the birthing, the building. The breaking, the birthing, the building. Part three. Uh, it, this is God's word to Moses. God took Moses up on the mountain and showed him some things about how he was to construct the tabernacle. And he said, I, I want you to make it down there the way that I have shown it to you up here. You see, God broke Moses in the desert for 40 years. And then God birthed purpose in Moses on top of Mount Sinai. And then God commissioned Moses to build a tabernacle so that his people could worship him. After God breaks you and then births purpose in your heart, God is going to commission you to build something. And, and, and listen, with any construction project, there are uh, specific things in which you do in a specific order. Obviously, you just don't have carpenters to just show up and start putting up a building. The foundation has to be laid first. But you can't lay a foundation or start building until you have detailed plans for the building. As you know, when you get ready to build something, like when we built this cathedral, it, it, it took contractors and carpenters and painters and electricians and plumbers and pavers and graders and heating and air conditioning folks. But first, you need the architect. The architect is, is the one that draws up the, the plans. Before you start building, have an architect. Listen, ladies, before you marry a man, there has to be an architect of a plan of what you're working to help somebody build. How can you know whether you can be a good helper unless you know what they're trying to build, what they're trying to be? And without his design, there is mess and confusion at the construction site. So you need a good architect first. And listen, just think about it. If your plans haven't worked or if the plans that you've got, if they weren't exactly what you were looking for, it's time for you to start all over again and this time begin with the architect. The architect. I mean, are you looking for a marriage that is designed by God or are you trying to have one your way? Listen to me. Have it your way is not a biblical idea. Let me say that again. Have it your way is not a biblical idea. Satan is the one that says, have it your way. He says, I know what God has said. But he told him, no, 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 this, this is good. Why don't you go ahead and partake of this? God had a different plan, and God had already told him his plan. Have it your way is not a biblical idea. What God says, I mean, if you really want to understand the biblical idea, Jesus said to us, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, uh, he said, deny yourself. He didn't say indulge yourself. He said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. 
That, that's, that's the words of Jesus. Jesus told us Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. Notice, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. See, that's the plan of God. Lose your way, gain God's way. You have to give up the lower way in order to get the higher way. Do you realize victory is always based on sacrifice? Success is always based on sacrifice. You have sacrifice is giving up something good in order to get something better. Something has to be sacrificed. Whenever there are children that have done well, there are parents who have sacrificed. Wherever there's a teacher that has taught well, somebody has sacrificed. If a student learns well, a teacher has sacrificed. Someone has sacrificed. Wherever there is excellence, excellence always speaks of sacrifice. Giving up something good in order to get something later that's better. It's about sacrifice. But you know, God is the master builder. If you notice Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. The builder of all things is who? God. God is the builder of all things. Now, one of my favorite scriptures, Psalm 127, verse 1 says this, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. God is both our designer and our builder. Both designer and builder. God is both designer and builder. He designs it and then he builds it. You remember Abraham? He went looking for something that was specifically designed by God. You want to look for a business designed by God, for a marriage designed by God, for a relationship, a partnership that is designed by God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 10, notice, for he, speaking of Abraham, was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose builder, whose designer and builder is God. Designer and builder is God. Designer and builder is God. God is the designer, the architect, and the builder. The builder is not the one who does all the work, but the one who coordinates, orchestrates, and dictates it. You know, the company that we use as our builder for this to build the cathedral, they didn't come in here and do all the work. They coordinated tons of other people locally. The builder was from another state. They were from Texas. They were from Texas. A lot of the carpenters, painters, they were folk from right here in Atlanta. They were folk from Georgia. But the builder, they didn't come in and do all of the grading work. They didn't come in and, and, and install steel and lay carpet, but they got the credit as being the builder, and they got the money, <laughs> and they had to pay the contractors. We paid the builder, and the builder paid the subcontractors. But the one who gets the credit as the builder, if you ever see a new building going up, you'll see a sign up there saying who the builder is. 
but they are not literally the ones who do it in the same way God is the builder, but he's, I mean, how many of you all have seen God come out except the Lord build a house? I mean, have you ever seen God laying bricks? See, we work him. We work for him. We are laborers together with him. We are laborers together with God. We are laborers together with God. But God gets the glory for being the builder. Don't, don't you ever take the credit. Listen, I mean, if your children are not in insane asylum and in prison, you better give God the glory. I mean, really. You better, you better thank God. We are laborers together with God. And you have to be able to delegate things if you want to create something bigger than yourself. Listen to me carefully. The ability to delegate is the power to build a future bigger than yourself. The ability to delegate, just, just to be able to delegate, it is the ability to be able to build a future bigger than yourself. If you never learn to delegate, you're going to hold yourself down and limit your life. But anybody who's going to be able to build something bigger than what they currently are, the ability to delegate is the power to build a future bigger than yourself. I want you to notice 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 11. The Apostle Paul says, I planted the seeds in your hearts, and Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. Guess who gets the credit? God. Guess who designed, who engineered the seed? God. God is the one who determined what the fruit would look like, how many seeds would be in it, what color would be, the sweetness to it. God is the architect. And he's, notice verse 7. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. We're laborers together with him. We're not important. He's important. The one who makes it grow. Verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. God rewards us for laboring with him. Verse 9, for we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Make Jesus the foundation of your home, of your business, of your idea, of your dream, of your vision. Make Jesus Christ the foundation of it. You see, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Be a good builder in him. And listen, build on your strengths, not on your weaknesses. Build on your strengths, not on your weaknesses. And this includes God's strength in your life. Build on your strengths, not on your weaknesses. You cannot build on your weaknesses. You build on your strengths. And this is one of the reasons why the devil always goes after your weaknesses in order to try to destroy your strength. He's trying to destroy your strength. The devil wants your strength. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, the devil wants your strength. You remember Samson's hair? Samson's hair was not his strength. It was the sign of his strength. It was the sign of his devotion, his covenant with God. So his hair. And so guess what they went after? 
they cut off his, his hair, the sign of his covenant, the sign of his strength, his devotion with God. He went after his strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He's going after your strength. That's why he wants to do stupid stuff through your spouse and through your children trying to get your joy so he takes your strength. He's, he's going after your strength. Whatever you do well, whatever brings you pleasure, he's going after the thing that gives you strength. He's going after your discipline. He's going after your character. He's going after your integrity. He's, go, he's coming after what makes you strong. What makes you something? What gives you your power? What sets you apart? That's what he's coming after. He's trying to discredit you and leave you feeling insecure and inadequate. He's going after your strength. He's coming after your strength. He's coming after your strength. He went to Adam and Eve and told them, you partake of this, this fruit and you'll be wise. They were already wise. He said, you're going you're to be like God. They were already like God, made in his image, after his likeness. They were already like him. He was going after their strength, the ability to stand, so he made them fall. He's going after your strength because he gets upset when he sees people walking upright. So he wants to bend you to the ground. He wants to mess you up. He wants to trip you up. He wants to tangle your feet. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He's going after your strength. The very thing that makes you strong, the, the very thing that gives you a strong testimony, the very thing that gives you strong finances, he's going after your strength. He's coming after your riches. He's going after your values. He's not going after broke folks. He wants somebody who's got victory on the inside of them. He's coming after your health. Why doesn't he ever come and steal cancer from you? Why doesn't he steal your headache? He's coming after your strength. He wants your strength, but the devil is a liar. You build on your strength and you guard your strength. Build on your strength and guard your strength. Build on your strength and guard your strength. Because your strength can be your downfall if you become arrogant with it. And just re realize this. A vice is nothing but a weakness that has gained too much strength in your life. That's all a vice is. It is a, a vice is nothing but a weakness that has gained too much strength in your life. So the devil will take what is a weakness and strengthen it until it becomes your downfall. And that's why sometimes you get messed up with vices and God has to send a storm in your life. You get arrogant, God will send something to bring you to the ground. Remember the storm though is not designed to tear you down but to clean you up. And when you build something, you have to make sure that you let God be the architect of it. Let God be the architect. You got something like experience? Experience is built, not bestowed. Confidence is built, not bestowed. Nobody can bestow confidence on you. Confidence is built. You got to do something. You have to build confidence. You have to build athleticism. I, I, I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if, if you could get somebody to go to the gym and work out for you? <laughs> and you get the results? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I would love to hire somebody. A personal trainer who did all the work. I was doing that one time, but they got all the benefits. See, God's in the process of building something. And let me just tell you this. God is not gathering a crowd. God is building an army. He's building an army. He's building an army. But after God showed Moses the dimensions and the pattern for how to build the tabernacle, 
He told Moses to make everything according to the pattern that was shown him on the mountain. The mountain is a dimension in the realm of the spirit. What has God shown you in the spirit that you're supposed to build in the, in the earth? You got to see something in the spirit. See it in the spirit. So you build it on the earth. You got to see it in the spirit. What has God shown you to build? What has God shown you to build? You're supposed to build something. Listen, you're not just supposed to be something. You're supposed to build something. Don't just be something. Build something. Because if you just be something, when you're gone, there's nothing left. Jesus didn't just come and go through torment down here on the earth and then leave and then there was nothing. Jesus built the church. He built disciples. He built the lives of men and women who followed him. He built something. Don't just be something. Build something. Build something. Do something. Build something that will outlive you. Build something that will outlive you. Because what happens if you just be something great and then you die? Then what? Build something that will outlive you. That's called legacy. Legacy. Legacy is not uh, what you did in the past. Legacy is what you set in motion for the future. It's what you set in motion for the future. I love something that Jim Rohn said. He says, don't let your learning lead to knowledge. Let your learning lead to action. Let it lead you to building something. Don't just get smart just to be smart. Do something with it. You don't get paid for what you know. You get paid for what you do with what you know. You got to do something with it. Don't let your learning just lead to knowledge. Let your learning lead to action. It ought to empower you to do something. You're empowered to do something to do. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he went down a list to open the eyes of the blind, to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted, to restore, to make it liberty, them that are bound. The anointing is always to do. Sometimes we get the anointing and we just feel and shake with it. It's not just to feel. It is to do. He's anointed me to do, to break yokes, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. You're anointed to do. There's an anointing on you to do something that leaves a legacy of God in the earth.